Good morning. Our scripture reading is in Hebrews 11, verses 1 to 6. Great examples of faith. Faith is a comp confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we know, that what we now see, did not come from anything that can be seen. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. May God bless his word this morning. Thanks, Bob Montgomery. Well, good morning. It is such an awesome morning. As Lynn has said, our hearts are full. It's baptismal Sunday. Uh, and uh, then you're going to hear stories of faith just before the ba their baptisms. It's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to our dads. And uh, dads, uh, you'll, you'll never know just how significant you are in your family. Uh, not just a dad, but wow, a dad who is loved and valued and makes such a difference. Um, so your influence goes beyond what you think of yourself. That You may think you have just a, a small influence, but in reality you have a very large influence. Well, the message this morning is not specifically directed to our dads, but clearly, dads, if you, if you build this quality into your life, this quality that we're going to talk about this morning, your stock will rise even more in your family. Uh, so we start fresh and new on a new series of messages this morning. Uh, through the summer, we'll continue this series. Uh, there are sermon notes available, if you'd like, uh, in your Sunday news this morning. But we're calling the series Courageous Faith. Courageous Faith. And we're going to talk about Noah, and we're going to talk about uh, Abraham, and we're going to talk about uh, Moses, and, and Joshua, and Caleb, and a lot of these Old Testament biblical characters. And what we want to do is kind of what I'm doing right now. We just kind of want to walk around them. Just want to walk around them. And we want to just kind of take notes on them. Just kind of get to know their heart. Get to know who they are. We're going to study them. We're going to look at them. And we're especially going to look at these qualities that are in their life, lives in terms of obedience and faith and especially uh, courageous faith. And we're going to ask the question, what do we learn from this man or this woman? 
Now, there are, are lots of different halls of faith in our country. There's a sports hall of fame. There's a, there's a hockey hall of fame. There's an aviators hall of fame. And, and on and on and on. And every year, a few more people get added to the hall of fame. Well, you know that there is a hall of faith in the Bible. And it's the, it's the chapter that Bob uh, read the first six verses of this morning in Hebrews chapter 11. A lot of interesting men and women found their way into this particular chapter, and it became known as the hall of faith. But the first verse of the chapter is kind of the runway on which these incredible people of Scripture were launched into a place where we can witness them and where we can learn from them. And I think every generation since the time of Christ has been kind of looking at these men and women of faith and saying, what can we learn from them? What can we learn about faith? And, and what does it mean to live out a life of faith and even better to have a courageous faith? So that first verse is probably the launching place. And it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Maybe that should be our starting place for the series. Of course, uh, we also need to put into the, the description of faith in our backpack verse 1 of the same chapter, which says that faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen it gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Now, when you and I have faith, it's God's way to give us confidence. I don't know if you thought of that before. But when you and I have faith, it's God's way to give us some confidence in our lives and assurance that, that whatever is promised will be experienced. It comes through faith and it's different than a feeling. We have to be careful about that. It's different than a feeling. People laughed at these awesome men and women of faith in chapter 11. For a season they might have laughed and not taken them very seriously. But when these men and women actually stepped out in faith, God was with them. And God enabled them to succeed. And there was a definite shift. There was a definite shift. It wasn't their own strength, but something happened when they functioned in faith. Dr. J. Oswald Saunders put it perfectly. He said, faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as present and the invisible as seen. You almost have to step back from that, have a quiet moment to yourself to kind of grasp that. Faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as present and the invisible as seen. Uh, I'm, I'm still working on that. Faith is the shifter in our perspective. Faith changes the way we see things and the way we follow. Now, verse 6 says that God wants to reward those who earnestly seek him. God wants to reward those who earnestly seek him. I hope you don't miss that. Because uh, he rewards those who sincerely follow him and seek him. 
He is on your side. He is with you. He wants to pour out his future into your life. And the way that God rewards you in however he does that, because it comes in different ways, comes through faith. Comes through faith. What in the world is faith? And maybe by the end of the summer, you and I will have been able to add one layer upon another, upon another, upon another, as we've looked at all, look at all these different uh, individuals and, uh, and have a little better understanding of what faith is for us. And I tell you, I want to be the first in line to say that I have so much to learn about this, but I'm excited to get started. And I do feel a long ways back in the pack, but I'd love to walk with you this summer. I'd love to walk with you uh, and, and discover how to build our faith, how to increase our faith. Now, we typically see things differently as individuals. If you're married, you understand that. If you got kids, you understand that. If you ever sat in a committee meeting, you understand that. We don't all think alike. We say, how could you, be, how could you see it that way? I don't see it that way. Oh, I see it this way here. And there's no value attached to it. We just see things because of who we are and our backgrounds and our experiences. We see things from a different perspective. It's all good. It's all good. And in the end, as we live life, the important thing is not how I see it, but how God sees it. And faith is learning to see things from God's point of view and having his vision. Faith is learning to see things from God's point of view and to have his vision. God wants to open the eyes of our hearts so that we can see his vision, so that we can see his desires for us. Paul says that in Ephesians 1.18. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And we sing that wonderful song, uh, Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to, I want to see you. And what the writer is saying is that there's an unseen realm in the world that is even more real than the seen realm. And we get reminded of that, that there is an unseen realm in the world that's actually more real than the seen world. The seen world realm is going to disappear one day. Because everything is in a, a process of decay and degeneration. This plexiglass lectern has actually had its day. One day it's going gonna, it's gonna to wear out. Squeaks and we've hauled it around a lot. Uh, but it's got a few, more, a few more days yet. And those chairs, by the way, that you're sitting on, one day they're going to collapse. Thanks a lot. And that car you parked out in the parking lot? Sure nice. It's going to wear out. It's going to look pretty old and rusty one day. They're going to tow it away. And your body's going to wear out. And your hair... Oh, let's not go there. 
Anything you see, anything you see is temporary. It's not going to last. The Holy Spirit is going to live for eternity because He's God. The unseen realm that we enter by faith is going to last forever. Who God is and His kingdom, His kingdom will always exist. So Paul says, I pray that through, through your life, through your lifetime, you'll, become, you'll begin to appreciate the unseen. In fact, that the eyes of your, of your heart will be flooded with light, and through that God experience, you will discover amazing confidence to live forth your days and all through faith. That's a bit of a McDonald paraphrase, but it's Ephesians 1.18. By the way, do you ever remember reading the story of, uh, of, of Elisha and his servant Gehazi? Uh, and how the, uh, the king of Aram uh, sent soldiers to capture the prophets? It's over in 2 Kings chapter 6. It's a, it's a good read sometime on a Sunday afternoon. The story is that the enemy, the soldiers, were coming against Jerusalem. And Jehazi gets up early in the morning. This is the servant of Elisha. And he sees this massive army assembled on the hillside. And they're ready to attack. And Jehazi cries out to Elisha. He says, look at all these men, soldiers, they're coming to get us. And, and he's in full panic mode. And Elisha says, don't be afraid. For there are more on our side than on their side. And Jehazi must have looked at him and said, what are you talking about? And Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes, my servant's eyes, and let him see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes, and he looked up. And there he saw on the hillside around Elisha, the hillside was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Do you remember the story now? Open our eyes so that we can see what God is doing. Open our eyes, open our eyes of faith, the eyes of our hearts. And as the Armenian army advanced toward him, Elisha prayed, and I love this part, Oh Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord struck all the soldiers with blindness as Elisha had asked. And then Elisha went out among them, among the enemy, and he told them, oh, by the way, you guys have come the wrong way. They're all blind now. You've come the wrong way. I mean, this isn't the right city. You got it all mixed up. And he sent them off in another direction. The whole army went in the other direction. How awesome is that? Open the eyes of my heart to see the reality of what's on the hillside. Remember after the crucifixion of Jesus, a couple of disciples were on the way to Emmaus, and Jesus pulled up alongside of them and walked with them, and they didn't recognize Jesus. And then they sit down and they have this meal together, and it says that when he blessed the meal, God opened their eyes. And all of a sudden that they realize that Jesus is right there in their midst. That's what God wants to do in your life and in my life. He wants us to open the eyes of our hearts and see that he is among us, that he's right there with you. 
He wants to open the eyes of your heart. He wants us to experience the shift in perspective. Oh, he's really with me. Oh, the angels are there too. I, I can't see them. Oh, God has already gone before me. Oh, God is setting before me a plan that is so much bigger than I would have ever imagined. Oh, God has so much more in store for this church than I would have ever dreamed. I didn't see all he was doing. And honestly, folks, as we've walked with God in this new church, I call it new, seems new, 12 years old, God just keeps showing up, and God just keeps showing us and confirming with us that there's more, that there's more, that the hillside has more. I guess he's opening the eyes of our hearts. Every church is unique. I don't think there is one formula at all for any particular church. He seems to have called us to be a community church. And we will never be a mega church. That was never the intention. We felt when we started 12, 13 years ago that God wanted us to serve this community. We still feel very much the same way. And now as this church has grown, it has challenged us to think, to think ahead and to ask, where shall we go now, Lord? And definitely we stay here and continue to serve this community but we're also mindful that he has resourced us with people and vision to do it again in another community. We have a hundred people that live on the south side of the Anthony Hende, meaning in the Windermere and Ambleside area and all the way stretched along what used to be Ellerslie Road. Um, and, and, and there is a huge huge community. If you've driven over there, like, there are hundreds and thousands of homes that have gone up. And we believe that a group of people could start to hear God's voice for a lighthouse right in that community. And God will bless both this community, this church, and also the next church because God wants all of us to hear the life-changing news. He wants all of us to hear. How exciting that we can be part of what God is doing up on the hillside in reaching into southwest Edmonton. I love it. I love it. I didn't see that far, uh, what God was doing and just getting us positioned that he would extend his love and heart to hundreds and thousands more. I didn't realize that God was opening the eyes of our hearts to see his vision, and it was far bigger than we might have ever imagined. So why is it important to have the faith shift? Why is it important to look at our situations with the eyes of faith? Now you might be looking at something really huge in your life right now. Congregation this size, I know we are. Why look through the eyes of faith at your situation? Can I give you a few reasons? There's a whole bunch of them, but let me just try to get them into three. Number one, faith changes my perspective. Faith changes my perspective. When we look at things from God's viewpoint, we see a big God and his greatness. 
brings our problems into perspective. In fact, it reduces the impact of our problems when we see a big God. And God knew how challenging that was going to be throughout our lifetime, that it was going to be hard to keep in perspective that who he is and who we are. And he gave us tons of scripture to keep reminding us of his awesome power. We need those reminders from his word as encouragement when we face those big mountains in our lives. Now here's just one, Isaiah 40, verse 22. It says, God sits above the circle of the earth. The people below him seem like grasshoppers to him. He spreads out the heavens like a curtain and makes his tent from them. There are many verses just like this one. God is seated above the, the earth so that its, its inhabitants are like tiny insects running to and fro before him. Presidents, prime ministers, kings, all those in authority rule only at his bidding. They don't rule the universe. They don't rule the world. They have power, but God gives them authority. But this is the God who yearns to intervene in our impossible dilemmas, problems that are like child's play for him. Later on in that uh, Isaiah 40, it says, God says, to whom will you compare me? Who's my equal, asks the Holy One. Jim Zimbla is the uh, pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle Church in New York, has been for a long time, continues to be. He said, uh, when I was a very young pastor, I struggled with what I called an insurmountable problem. He said, I read a newspaper article one day. In, my, in, in the dilemma I was having, in the struggle I had to go on, could I continue on? And he said, uh, I, was just, I was just at the end of it. And then I read a newspaper article about a newly discovered star. And the article said that this star is so huge that had it been close to earth, it would not have fit in the space between the earth and the sun. I mean, we're talking about a star beyond our wildest imagination because the sun is 93 million miles away from the earth. He said, it occurred to me that this star, magnificent as it is, is merely one of a vast number God created out of nothing and called by name called by name he's called all the stars by name he said when I read that I dropped my head onto the desk and I wept for joy at the greatness of God reassured that my insurmountable problem was as nothing to the Lord see if you have a big God problems get small. If you've got a small God, problems get big. Genesis 18:14 says, is anything too hard for the Lord? Luke 1:37 says, Jesus says, for nothing is impossible with God. One pastor said one pastor said if you uh, if you were to come to my office and you were go to go to my library and you were to pull the dictionary off the shelf and you were to look up the word impossible in my dictionary, you would find that the word impossible is not in my dictionary. He said, because years ago, I cut it out. 
I love that. He said, it's not in God's vocabulary, so it's not in my vocabulary either. It demonstrates that God is bigger than us. Faith changes my perspective. Why look through the eyes of faith? Faith changes my perspective. Looking at a big problem, if you're looking at a big problem and you got a big God, you're okay. Secondly, God rewards faith. God rewards faith. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists and that He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. God rewards those who sincerely seek Him. Now, you always have to be balanced when you look at Scripture, not to say something that the Scripture doesn't really say. The Scripture implies that faith moves God to act on our behalf. But we go too far when we take that to mean that God ends up being a servant and that God serves us rather than we serving God. We ought to always be careful not to get into that mode. That God becomes a genie where you rub the bottle and you pray the prayer and you hit the jackpot and jing, 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 jing. It all comes out. Always, 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 God is God. And we are not. He's not there to cater to our every whim. And we just use him and say, I need that. God, I need that. God, thank you very much. I need that. It's a careful balance here. Not wealth and, and, and health theology, as some of you may be aware of. But having said that, we need to balance in Scripture to know that when we pray, God is listening. That God hears us and he does act on our behalf. Remember the story of the two blind men in Matthew chapter 9 and who were healed of their, of their blindness? And Jesus asked them, do you believe that I can make you see? And uh, they said, yes, Lord, they told him, we do. And then he touched their eyes and said, because of your faith, it will happen. And then their eyes were opened and they could see. What is so important is that when we come to God, we believe. Well, you say, God doesn't seem to be answering my prayers. I've been reading through the book of Acts. Uh, I'm just about to the very end of, of the book. And this week was in that section where Paul is in custody, is in prison in Caesarea. And, uh, you know, he was, he was accused of some crimes that he didn't commit in Jerusalem. He was sent to Caesarea. And, and that he was on trial there. And then I just read that little sentence that he was in prison for two years waiting for this trial business to get sorted out. You know, he's been such a busy man. He's been traveling. He's been sharing the word of God in all over the place. And now he's on hold for two years. And he's praying. And it sure seems to take a long time. It, it really reminded me of Pastor Saeed in Iran. He must really feel like his uh, life is on hold these days. Uh, when we come to God... We don't know the outcomes. It's hard to shut that one off, isn't it? It's a, where's the button? 
It's a good model for us not to have our phones on, eh? But when you come in faith, God sees that, and he blesses your life. You know, and sometimes he answers immediately, and sometimes he gives you an amber light, and sometimes he gives you a red light, but all because he loves you and he knows what is best. And that's faith to believe that and to hang on to that, even when you get an amber light, even when you get a red light, because God loves you and God knows and God wants the best for you. So faith is real important. If you expect God to do a little in your life, he'll probably do a little. If you expect God to do a whole bunch in your life, he'll do a lot of things. If you don't think and believe that he's going to do anything, he'll probably not do anything. In these coming weeks, we're going to challenge one another to, to go deeper in our faith. And I want to challenge you to believe God more than you've ever believed him for before. How do we start? Maybe just by understanding that like you build muscles in your arms or you build muscles in your legs, you, you just do that a little bit at a time by working out you just do it a little bit at a time or when you see God answering prayer it builds another faith muscle it builds another faith muscle and I really would invite you to join with the elders as we pray for God's direction for next steps here at TCC and as we pray and as we seek God's leading it toughens up our faith muscles and we say oh God there you are in our midst there you are leading the way what moves the heart of God? Faith. Sometimes we come to God and we're, we're full of complaints. We're upset. We're frustrated. And, and I want to say that God can handle all of that. There are times when we come to God and we say, I'm done. I'm exasperated. I don't know if I can go any further with this. I'm frustrated. God can handle that. But that's not what moves the heart of God. God is not moved by my grumbling. God is moved when I say, I'm trusting you, Lord, for these next steps, whether in my life or at TCC or wherever it might be. He is a rewarder of those who sincerely seek him. Now, I'll just mention the last reason. Why look through the eyes of faith? Faith gives me endurance. Faith gives me endurance. You know, faith doesn't always take away the problem. Faith doesn't always remove the pain. We would like it that way. However, when it doesn't happen, you appreciate that faith that takes you through the pain. And faith gives you the ability to deal with the pain, work through it, carry it, handle it, thrive in the midst of, of trying to survive. It's incredible what faith does. It doesn't take you out of the turbulence. But in the midst of the storm, there's a peace and the calmness in your heart and that's faith. You know what I'm talking about. Paul says we rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that helps us develop endurance. Faith gives us a great resiliency, a quality that all of us need to keep going. Paul says we're, pre we're pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed and we're not broken. We're perplexed, but we don't give up and quit. That's sustaining faith. And it's the kind of faith that keeps you going, keeps a song in your heart, even when the skies are overcast. We don't make it through this life with 100% wins on every front. You'll have some failures, 
You'll have some heartbreaks. You'll have some pain. Well, what will get you through is a faith in God who you know really loves you. Why look through the eyes of faith? I just scratched on the surface this morning, but it's a start. Why look through the eyes of faith? Faith gives me endurance. So let's stand together. Worship team's going to come forward and uh, prepare our hearts for the baptism. And uh, we're just going to ask God for his blessing upon these candidates. Shall we pray? Father, every heart is an open book to you. You see us so clearly. May we see you more clearly. Open the eyes of our hearts. Lord, this summer, I pray you teach us to build strong faith muscles. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for valuing us as the apple of your eye. And undeserving though we be, we receive your love again and your kindness in Jesus' name. Amen.